was baseball mad, had the fever and had it bad. Just to root for the hometown through every zoo, Katie Blue on the Saturday. Well, hello again, Town Ball friends and fans. This is the Small Town Baseball Commute. As always, I'm your host, Josh Item. So for this episode, uh, it's not actually a commute. So this is a nighttime conversation, sitting on the phone from the comfort of my couch. But uh, a Wisconsin episode coming here where we talk to Craig Larson from the Land Lakes League. So Craig's been involved with town baseball for some time now, uh, starting in... Uh, a couple different places in small town Wisconsin, but notably in West Bend with the Seven Ups, and now he's just involved strictly at the league level with the Land Lakes League down in southeastern Wisconsin. So we're going to talk a little bit of statewide politics, a little bit about running a baseball league and a baseball team, and all kinds of great stuff here with Craig. So let's get to it. Our interview with Craig Larson from the Land Lakes League. Well, another episode here of the Small Town Baseball Commute, and on the line, we're going out to kind of eastern slash southeastern Wisconsin, right? You'll have to fill us in on that. I've got Craig Larson um, coming to us from the Land Lakes League. Craig, how are you doing tonight? Great. Thanks for having me on. This is uh, a great honor. Oh, <laughs> appreciate appreciate <laughs> that. Well, somehow, we'll, if we can get people to just believe that, we'll be we'll be in really good shape. So, <laughs> you know, did I, it's yeah. No, I'm real excited to to be a part of this. It's really uh, one of those things that I feel like is uh, great for not only uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota baseball, but amateur baseball as a whole. Yeah, you bet. Just just lots of fun conversations, and and we're just doing our best to kind of keep everybody connected out here and. And really, you know, it's just town ball therapy, Craig. We're just getting ourselves, getting each other through the offseason here and, and the dark, cold nights that we're all about to have in, in the winter up here. So, okay, we, first, did I did I get the geography right with Land Lakes League down there? Kind of, we'd call it, I think of it as eastern, but we're kind of, I forget that we're a little bit northwest Wisconsin over here. Sure. Uh, Land Lakes is encompasses the um, bottom nine counties in southeastern Wisconsin from um, the counties directly north of Milwaukee County to the state line, um, out west about two counties over, and, and it follows straight line down. So um, we encompass the suburbs, and we've just started making the trek within Milwaukee County, which was something that you know we made a priority uh, about four years ago to try to figure out ways to get into Milwaukee County. Um, and try to build the game of baseball within, you know, the state's largest county. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I want to say I saw online somewhere that there was a team from, like, Milwaukee proper inside the city maybe that called themselves the Milwaukee something, and, and there was a post that said, our like, our their first summer in the Land Lakes League this year. Yeah, so we, we, yeah, we, have two, we have two teams with the name Milwaukee in it. Um, one of them came over um, roughly five years ago. Um, they p- participated in the Milwaukee County League. Um, they had some great success and went to one of those MSBL leagues, um, dominated there, and then wanted to see how they would do against some suburban teams. Uh, a couple guys from Minnesota run that team, and they wanted to get involved in the town ball format. So they got involved um, in starting these teams. 
Um, another one started up in one of the suburbs of Milwaukee, which is um, was a real exciting prospect for us because we were able to um, kind of build into the south side of Milwaukee, which is a large Hispanic community. Um, we wanted to give an opportunity to a lot of those kids that sometimes don't have the option of getting out of the city to play baseball um, and let them see that there's different baseball being played because obviously in the Hispanic community, the baseball culture is, you know, pretty strong, um, you know, just typically with how the Major League Baseball fields rosters. Um, there's a de- desire and passion for baseball, and typically they're playing just against each other in the inner city of Milwaukee. So, you know, it was really one of those hard work things. We had a, a really great guy that runs a team down there um, who – moved out after college and then moved back to the city once he graduated and um, played in Land Lakes and was involved in Land Lakes and was able to get a team in there. So, yeah, we've, we've been trying to purposely make strides within um, bigger population areas just to try to reach out to bigger groups that don't have the opportunities to play baseball that, you know, are kind of more typical in other cities. So the – okay, so because I know within – I think you use some some acronyms for different leagues in there, and this is a big piece of what I've been trying to do on my own, Craig. It's funny after you know playing 20 years in Wisconsin and not and still not really understanding the whole Wisconsin scene. So that that's a piece I still feel like I'm putting together because in in Milwaukee, like within Milwaukee and within Madison, I think there are a couple in in Minnesota. They a little bit compare it to Class A, but it's it's different right. because it's more of like a almost like a rec league type of atmosphere, right? In Madison yes. and Milwaukee. Well, right, and you know that's and that's kind of the you know the, the stereotypes that some of those guys get, and you know you're you're playing at a county park or a city park, and you're not getting anybody except their mom that might come to a game. Um, it kind of gives that rec league, um, you know softball league type feel to a game and it's unfortunate because there's a lot of great baseball that's played in some of those places um, when you go into the south side of Milwaukee or the west side of Milwaukee and the, you know you get some kids in there that are, have some ultra talent that are going places in college but you know when they graduate college there isn't typically that you know town ball home town to go to to play baseball because at one day you could be playing at this city park and the next day you might be playing at this city park. So it's one of those things we're trying to reconcile and trying to, you know, come up with a plan ultimately to, you know, figure out ways to incorporate those type of players, those type of teams in that town ball um, community concept that, you know, you and I are familiar with um, and try to expand that love to, those players and that structure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it reminds me of it, it. Like the difference between noontime basketball at the YMCA and playing in the CBA. Right. It's it just that, <laughs> that, that, the atmosphere, the atmosphere is just completely different. And I, you know, and it over closer to, to our side over here, close to the border of Minnesota, that's that class a in Minnesota, right within the Metro, I think sometimes gets that reputation um, not quite to that level, but there's just some really good teams and, and yeah, just like you're talking about really good baseball players within those, within those circles and those teams. 
So let's talk a little bit more about um, Land O'Lakes team and what so your or Land Lakes league. I mean, so what what what's your backstory, Craig, in your path into amateur baseball? I know we talked just for a second before we started recording here, but that with the the West Bend Seven Ups, right? You were with that organization yep. for a while. Yeah, How did you get started into this? Sure. I mean, um, I, I started out much like the same path, and you're that high school kid, and you're trying to find a place to play before the season or after the season just to, you know, get extra reps. And, you know, you go find that community team. Back when I started, there wasn't a club team to go play for. So you kind of go wherever your high school coach kind of sets you up with. So in that case, you know, um, I went with the Kiwaska and the A's, and that's how I met a guy that you had on before, Jim Ziegler. Um, we, we kind of started together um, in Kiwaskin because it was a setup that they they liked the high school kids. They used it as an opportunity to build the game. They they shared the knowledge they had. And I kind of fell in love with it. You know, it was one of those opportunities where where else can you go as a junior or a senior in high school and go out to, you know, Partyville was my first experience. My first road game was an hour and a half away from Kiwaskin. I'm sitting in the back of a bed of a pickup truck with three other guys that I'm going to high school with and get home on a Thursday night school night at 1.30 in the morning after playing a ball game. Um, it was it was that kind of camaraderie and that kind of um, love for baseball. And I'll be quite honest, I, I was I'm a heck of a lot better football player than I was a baseball player, but I always loved baseball more. So it was kind of a weird set up and still kind of is is you know I, my passion is baseball and um you know i was always that known for football but i love baseball and i was always wanted to be a part of it so after i get done with high school um i kind of gave it up for a few years just because you get out of high school the passion you know for baseball was still there to be involved but i was you know the football path and you know involved in coaching and playing and you know, it was after high school that you get to um, involved in it. My most of my best friends were now moved on and playing in West Bend, and it got to the point where there was a need for a guy to kind of, you know, help run things and you know play some. And um, I played some, but I was more a very business oriented from my line of work, so it was kind of. You know, the team didn't want to fail. We didn't want this team to fold and fail away. So it kind of just took over. Um, and from that, I ran that, ran the team from 2010 to around 2015. And then I transitioned into um, running the league um, that I'm now running in Land Lakes. So it was, it's, it's kind of funny because, I mean, when I get, when I got to Land Lakes, um, I didn't know as a player whether or not I was only going to do this just because it was a, I don't know how to explain it, like just it was one of those social things to do. But I can mm-hmm. tell you the first, my first Land Lakes game we played out in Sussex. It's a town just uh, in Waukesha County, west of, west of Milwaukee. And we played on a Saturday afternoon, and when the game was over, um, we have, a, I don't know if it's the same out by you, but we have what's called a case pass. So it's, you get a case of beer, the visiting team gets a case of beer after every game. And we literally sat around for... What is it called? I'm sorry, what was it called? Case, a case pass. 
So he passes three oh. cases of beer to the visiting yeah. team. So we sat around. We, we do not have it. that. We are, we are just really cheap over here. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things that we you know and we can't get rid of. It's one of those things that every team demands every time we take. We had to take a break from it with COVID this year, and we had to bring it back this year coming up and make sure that it got put back in there because everybody loves it. Yeah. So, but we got that first case of beer at my first game, and, you know, the game ended at 4 o'clock. I didn't leave Sussex Ballpark until quarter to 11. It was sitting around with the opposite team you know, at this time with Sussex, I'm still lifelong friends with these guys. And where else would you have that opportunity to meet guys in different communities um, that share the same passion you do, sucking beers and, you know, cracking jokes and laughing. And it turned into something where I didn't want the league to fail. So I took that over almost in the same instance because it's so many great ball players and so many great guys that are running teams. I didn't want to let them down. I don't want. I don't want them not to have that place to go. Well, so then you look at what you know. What's up? What makes town ball inherently? What are some things that make it different from that rec league feel? And I think that you know, in a lot of places, it is that camaraderie place that you have between players. And it, you know, if if I go back to like the the noontime basketball reference, you yeah. do have some of that there too with some guys who show up early and stick around late, but not to the degree that you just have around town baseball. Um, and not on every team either. I can, I can think of, I won't, I won't name them to embarrass them, but I can think of a team I played for my first year out of college that there was not, there was no such thing as stick around after the game or, or showing up early to the game other than, you know, guys were flying in 30 minutes for game time and, 15 minutes after it was over, they were back in their cars and out of there. And it didn't take me more than one year to realize I could play somewhere else. Like, this isn't very fun beyond yeah. the, the baseball part. Well, isn't, isn't that kind of amazing how that kind of is? And it's, you know, you could kind of – good players, good people can kind of lead, lead those tea leaves, you know. And it's one of those things that I push for in, this, in, in the Land of Lakes is um, – you know, we push for, you know, more inclusion, more hanging out, doing more things to retain guys because they didn't retain you. You left. So it's yeah. it, it, we can bring all the guys in any team. Players are not the shortage. It's not the problem. You know, it's it's retaining guys and management of teams that are always the hard part, finding guys that are on teams. But the culture is what makes our league special. And what makes, you know, your, what you do out there special is, you know, trying to figure out ways to, you know, bring the significant others out there where they're hanging out with the other, you know, other girls on the, uh, girlfriends of the players or wives of the players and the kids become friends and hang out. And it is that place that you want to hang out all summer because it is a commitment. It is a time suck, but it doesn't mean that it's necessarily got to be negative or bad. Yeah. Yeah, and if you don't if you don't feel like you're hanging out with your friends, you know why would you keep doing it? And I think, you know what's what's interesting, and I something that was just not in my mind or my radar when I was probably in my mid twenties, is how, you know, you look, well, like guys in your position right now, Craig, where you're around, and and as a young guy, I was like, who are is running the league, and I wondered like why did they do it? Well. Now I've realized as an old guy helping run leagues is that it's because the stuff I'm doing, like 
I'm I'm hanging out with my friends who are the other older guys that we run it together, right? So when we go have a league meeting, it's not like when I go to a, a work meeting. You know, they're they're important. I like my career, but um, it's it's different when you go to a league meeting. We are accomplishing a lot of business, but we are also um, hanging out with our friends, you know. And and I think those relationships are so important to maintain for the not only for yourself but for the health of the league, right? All right, you know, and that's and that's one thing we've we've pushed in Land Lakes is. You know, when I took over, it was very like, um, I call it dictatorship baseball. Everybody thought they owned a team, the guys running the teams, and they were, you know, older guys that were kind of burnt out. And one of those things you fight against and it was, you pushed in, it was like, you gotta, you gotta try things, you gotta adapt or die sort of mentality. And guys bought into that. You know, we, we forced five or six directors and, different people to be involved because if you're engaged, you kind of have a little bit more ownership of what's going on. And it was built based on that mutual respect, respect and friendship. And like you said, you go to these meetings now and you, you know, we average anywhere between 35 and 45 guys at every meeting um, for a 20 team week. And, you know, we've grown this year. We're, we're now uh, a 20 team week. And, you know, the numbers have exploded. Obviously, we've had to go virtual with some of the stuff this year because of the pandemic. But we've now become a place where, you know, it has become more business structured, but yet still has that feel that you can go and, you know, hang out with your buddy, have a beer and talk baseball. But you're also giving back to the game that you've been involved with since you were a kid. Yeah, and supporting the supporting all those local communities alongside. Right. Hey, baseball fans, we're about halfway through the conversation here, so it's time to take a quick break and thank our podcast sponsors. That includes my friends at Aspen Creek Publishing, who helped me publish my own book about town baseball, Beyond the Fence, a fun novel about town ball life based on lies and half-truths from my time around the game. You'll find it on Amazon.com or our website at BaseballCommute.com. You won't find it on Audible, though, because, frankly, I just don't have the patience to read a whole book out loud. The last half of this episode is brought to you by forgetting to write out the umpires a check. Nothing says awkward for both parties like standing in the dugout after a one-run loss on a questionable call and still having to write those checks. And hey, speaking of writing out small checks, if you're interested in advertising here on the pod, just hit us up at BaseballCommute.com. All right, let's get back to the show. Um, and you guys have uh, now, because, and especially because you and, and Jim started together, as you mentioned, you guys yeah. have a pretty cro- close relationship at this point with the Rock River League out there, too. Yeah. I think I saw, um, you know, with our COVID year, we just keep calling where we had for baseball although obviously respectfully it's it's um definitely nothing to be light about especially how things are going right now um but anyways let's get back to the the baseball part of it so we had a year last year where we could do a lot of different things because we had to do a lot of different things but anyways i I saw um there was a playoff between land lakes and rock river at the end of this year and is that something you guys have always done 
No, and it's it's one of those things. Obviously, you know this from talking to Jim earlier. I mean, this is something we've we've been building towards for a long time. You know, we've been busting walls down um, for quite a few years. Jim and I started a tournament called the Wisconsin Amateur Baseball Classic, where we kind of wanted to bring the best of the best in the West Bend and Sioux Oscom and and play a tournament and you know mm-hmm. kind of get these this idea that you know you didn't have to just play the 12 teams, 20 teams that are in your league every Sunday, and that's that's all you are. You know, if we're finding that, you know, guys want to play against other guys in, in a competitive environment. So that in turn, you know, Jim and I started doing a lot of things together. Um, we share a website. We share um, the best umpire coordinator in the States, we, you know, and we, 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 we have different things that we do together for the betterment of our two leagues, um, which this year turned into a Rock River Land Lakes kind of um, these games that were um, additional games that were brought on um, that were exhibition games, but it gave it a little bit of importance to them, so they just didn't become throwaway games. Mm-hmm. So it was nothing serious. It was just more along the lines of giving a reason for that 19-year-old kid who might rather go sit on his pontoon boat and, you know, mm-hmm. hang out with his buddies, a reason to come to the ballpark on a Saturday afternoon or a Tuesday night and play a game against a, a community that, you know, might be 10 minutes away, but they never play because they're in an opposite league. Yeah. But, you know, well, it's one of those things. We're, we're breaking down walls, and, I mean, we are doing more and more together every year, the Rock River and Orlando Lakes, and, you know, that's a great thing for both of our leagues. Yeah. Well, and I know, you know, I sent a text to a few of our guys the other day that, that just said, and I think I mentioned this when I was talking to somebody on this podcast recently, that all these years when we've thought about going places, we only think of other places in the WBA. And we're lucky to have 60 teams in it, which gives us a lot of, you know, a lot of places we can go. But, you know, I, I sent them a text and I said, man, this, this goofy little podcast we're doing all of a sudden, that's opening up my mind and doors to if you guys want to go to southern Wisconsin or southeastern Wisconsin or wherever for a weekend, we've probably got some contacts now. Um, there's all these all these places that in 20 years of Wisconsin, Wisconsin town baseball player I didn't know existed or <laughs> definitely have never been to, right? And that's yeah. you know that's kind of a bummer when I think about it that it's you know almost time for me to be done as a player and all this that kind of a lost opportunity. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that we we fight hard against because there are a lot of really good teams that are willing to play anybody anywhere. And, you know, Jim used that in his episode a lot. Like, their Kiwaskin is willing to go. They, they seriously mean it. They'll go anywhere, anytime to play anybody. You know, and, and they're, just, they're not the only one. I mean, Sparta Miller, um, Chase Berg, in, in Coon Valley, they did it. Marshfield, Whittlesey, um, Everest. You know, you got teams up there, um, you know, um, excellent. You know, you got those, you got all those teams up that way that, you know, they're willing to do the same thing. Verona out in the hometown league. Climate in Hartford, Kewaskin in the hometown. West Dallas, Sheboygan in the, in the, the Nuble. Um, and you got Sussex, West Bend, um, that are willing to play the Milwaukee Beavers. They're willing to play 
anybody, anywhere, anytime. And it's crazy. And, and you, you wouldn't know that because everyone's kind of, for some reason, the state of Wisconsin in their own little bubble. Yeah. Well, and I think there, I think there's some real, you know, it, the, the longer we stay in those bubbles, the more safe those bubbles seem and the more, uh, but also I would say the more precarious maybe they feel where, I know when we broach topics of like, well, what about a what about a unified Wisconsin Super Series, right? At the end of the year, right. as it you know, if when teams, I always wonder when you because it's hit me before when you walk off and you've won your league or your association, but you know there's all these other teams and you're sitting there going, man, we were really good this year. I wonder how good we were. You'll never know, right? Because yeah. you'll never get to face those other teams that won. So it's always been an intriguing thing for me. But then I go back to what's really important at the end of the day. Well, what's really important is the health of your league, what it does for your towns, what it does for your players, you know. So we're not going to get a lot of sympathy from teams who haven't done that, haven't walked off as the association champion or whatever. I don't know if, if we'd ever get a lot of sympathy for that attitude of, yeah, but I wish we could have seen, you know, I think we are told sometimes, well, you should just be happy that you want it, you know. So yeah. I don't know what the answer will be. You're, you're you're not the only one that thinks that way. I mean, I can think of, you know, when, when we won a championship in West Bend in 2010, you know, you wonder where your place is. And I've had this conversation with my buddies Derek and, and Nico with Verona about, you know, this idea that, you know, what would happen if you played, you know, something like the WBA kind of does for their part of the state. Mm-hmm. And and it's weird because, you know, you, you fight. These kids in travel ball these days, the travel part of it is always going to be an issue, but it's not as big of an issue as it once was. The problem is, is you have different end times and you have different traditions mm-hmm. um, and other people that have played and in the leagues before that kind of really put their foot down um, as regards to what needs to, or what's important, what needs to be done. Um, you know, I've, I've always fought for a class A, class B, class C type state championship, much like mm-hmm. what Minnesota does. And I feel like we have more traction with it than we've ever had before, just because of the, the legwork that Jim's done as far as the website is done. And just the podcast like what you have is opening up, you know, doors and, you know, ideas of people that are like, all right, well, maybe, you know, I have a really good team this year. And I feel like if we can compete at this level, I want to see where I'm at. I want, I think I got my ego and pride enough says that, you know, we, we can beat them or we can win a state championship. Because at this time, you know, we're kind of coming up with, you know, these, manufactured polls that Jim and I do on the website or Jack of Diamonds does. And it's like, well, you know, that guy just does it by record or this guy's doing it. How do they come up with that? You know, you'd really like to see it play out on the field. Yeah. Right. Well, right. We just make it up that Jack of Diamonds is the, um, I, I've been meaning to, to shoot him an email or a phone call and get him on this podcast too, because he only exists in my mind as a website, like I have never met him or heard of, he may not, he may or may not be a real person, (laughs) right? But I know he is. So I can, I can remember that being the first one and us 
Epstein's uh, rankings and taking them super yeah. here. Like, well, that guy just goes to those games up there. He doesn't, right? Like, yeah. It, yeah, so, a lot of yeah. a lot a lot of a lot of times what he would do is just rank it by record and his his impression of how good or how deep a, a, a league is. So you're kind yeah. of got a, you're kind of pigeonholed with the the idea or the stereotype of what your league is, you know. And yeah. it's always funny because it, it 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 catered to the bigger leagues, it catered to the hometowns, the land, the lakes, mm-hmm. uh, because they are you know bigger leagues with deeper teams, a roster of teams than I say yeah. deeper as far as talent goes. But, you know, if he, I guess the impression always was that I got from him was that it was, it was a gauntlet. Like you're, you're being judged on the gauntlet portion of your schedule, which, you know, isn't the fairest because, you know, you had the NBC tournaments, you had the, mm-hmm. the Suave tournaments or the, the WABC tournaments that you had that kind of, shuffled some things in there and um yeah it, it created the most cooler talk for a while it was kind of yeah the website version of your podcast it was it's the one thing that everyone can go and actually talk about because it was the only thing it was the only thing on the block that was promoting yeah. amateur baseball at the state level yeah and that's the thing and, and that's the thing i say about it is that i i definitely don't want to come across as if this gets back to Jack or Jack's listening that I'm criticizing it because I'm absolutely not. I don't care what he used for his rankings. If it was a if it was a crystal ball or a talking Billy Bass on the wall telling, I, I it doesn't matter to me. Like it was just <laughs> it was neat that they you know amongst anybody. So I I just appreciated whatever he was yeah. doing. Well, Plus, I, <laughs> I probably wasn't the only one that printed it off once in a while and and stuck it up in the dugout when oh, yeah. another team in our league was ranked ahead of us and convinced all the guys who were 20 that this was the biggest game of their collective lives, right? Yeah, right. There, yeah. there still isn't a at least once a month both Jim and I go to that website to find statistical records or mm-hmm. um, different polls from different years just for, you know, some kind of – thing that we're trying to do. I mean, Land O'Lakes is turning 100 this year, so it's 100th season, and I've gone to that gone to that website five or six times since the season's ended just to find out who the first champion of Land O'Lakes was, and we're trying to figure yeah. out who should host games for the 100th season at the special games, like going back and trying to find out who the original seven teams were, and it's crazy. Jacket Diamond's website had that. And that's what we've been trying to replicate, Jim and I, um, to bring it up to the next, the century a little bit more. That's not a, he, he's, he, um, he slowed down as far as um, his constant entry of statistics and game scores. So we've tried to pick up the ball and run with it a little bit. Um, and Jim's done a phenomenal job at trying to organize that. And he's, he's the, Jack of Diamonds is the reason that, you know, we, are doing that website. So it's yeah. awesome. He yeah. deserves a lot of credit. Absolutely. And, you know, it's not unlike the, I mean, the history of a lot of things, but the history of town baseball, it's people handing off traditions from one, one person cool. to another. And I liked how you said that you just pick up the ball where it's at and try to carry it and carry it. Exactly. If you can carry it forward a little bit. Great. If, if you could just get back to the line of scrimmage, you're doing pretty good too. That's, that's exactly right. 
Yeah. So the okay. So yeah, Land Lakes League. Tell me a little more about Land Lakes League, about the teams down there. We're gonna tag all those guys down down here, and um, sounds like yeah. there's some some exciting expansion going on lately, and some good baseball yeah. down there. Yeah, I'm, obviously I'm I'm a little bit um, you know I, I have a little bit of pride when it comes to the group that I ran uh, before we merged this year. I mean, we were a 12 team league, and you could argue that eight or nine of those teams would be able to compete with anybody in the state. And that's a credit kind of to just the, the, the amount of work that the managers and the roster building that happened. Um, we are really fortunate that all the universities down here, whether JUCO, Division Three, Division Two, Division One, all have ties to Land Lakes. Um, our only D1 university in the uh, state at University of Milwaukee um, their head coach, Scott Dussick, he is, um, went into the Land Lakes Hall of Fame uh, this past year, and he's one of the better players that has ever played in, in Land Lakes. And, you know, that's huge for the league to have um, guys that have played in the league that are running these universities because it's a funnel system. Mm-hmm. So we, we've kind of transformed over the last few years of being kind of an older league um, we've got guys still playing in the league in their 40s that have been playing for, you know, 25, 30 years that are helping now in the league and run teams but also still playing. Um, but th- those were the guys that were typically playing. And I'm sure it's the same by you. It was, you know, that 25 to 35 age group is kind of, you know, I don't want to say a lost cause, but they, they've kind of went aside. But that 25 and under group now are really invested in, the game again, so they're kind of you're right over though. Forward. Yeah, you're right though, Craig. That's not something we've talked too much about on this. The, how important um, the the D. I'll just say, I mean, like you said, there's once in a while there's some D1 guys that play in whatever, but how important those Division two and Division three colleges are. We, oh, you know, in in our area, we, a lot of our players played at UW Stout. Um, yeah. A lot of players. We're kind of excited that Eau Claire is bringing their program back yes. over here. Um, UW Barron County up there, but we, yep. you know, when UW River Falls dropped dropped their program, um, I was a junior on that team when that happened. Um, that is now starting. I think just now, probably in the last five years, starting to have an even bigger impact because they're just as guys are retiring, that feeder system that was UWRF is no longer. There's right. no longer players coming out of there. I think I'd have to think about it. There's probably just a couple of us left. I could be the lone dinosaur. I have to think about that. <laughs> I'm probably forgetting somebody. So, but that has made a huge difference for our league over here. And then I think you speak to some of the success of Minnesota. You've got small baseball programs throughout right. the state over there too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I know, I, you know, Craig, we could probably talk all night. I have not been keeping track of how long this conversation is. So we might break a record for um, podcast time. People get mad. That's the only you. thing I get feed, right? That's the only thing I get feedback on so far. Nobody will tell me if it's any good or not, except they will tell me, listen, man, don't have them be 55 minutes long. Like, I don't, I don't have time for this in my day. I get in trouble with my wife. I get in trouble with my kids. <laughs> Cut it down. Um but, uh, this is, so is going to be a uh, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan experience right here. We're going for three hours. Yeah. 
So kind of final, final words, what's on the, what's on the horizon for next summer? What are you guys looking forward to down there for 2021? Well, hopefully the pandemic goes away because I mean, it's the hunter season. Yeah. Um, you know, we were the first, we were the first league in Wisconsin out last year. Um, we were, we played the full season on time. Uh, we were a couple of weeks delayed, but we made it up. Um, and we threw some darts at the board, had a really good uh, all-inclusive playoff that we're going to kind of replicate this year and have a baseball festival at the end of the season uh, to kind of commemorate the 100th um, season, which is, is, is a pretty big thing for a lot of the old-timers, a lot of the older guys in the league um, that, you know, we're going to have seven events throughout the year um, that are played at all the, the old-time ballparks um, that will kind of give – the old timers a place to come back to and kind of, you know, commemorate and recreate some of those memories that they have of playing in amateur baseball, you know, and at the end of the season, you know, hopefully, you know, the focus can be then put back on to how do we get to year 200. Um, it's one of those things that I think what you're doing is very important. I think as a group, as a baseball community, as an amateur baseball community, whether you know, we're doing it at a small level or a high level. We all have to come come together and try to figure out the, the hurdles coming forward to try to continue to grow this game because, you know, we've seen a decline in teams and players um, having a place to play. And to me, it's not players. It's the lack of good managers. It's lack of good leadership. We need to figure that out as a group. Um, we have insurance issues that are going to continue to pop up. Um, you know, financial, you know, everything, everything is increasing. There's more liabilities as we run these leagues, but it's mm -hmm. important to keep amateur baseball because we love it. And there is no place for these guys to go and play anymore. Once they're done, they play so much baseball from age six to age 22 that sometimes they don't have a place to go. And, you know, you're like me. I mean, we're, we're going to do this probably until somebody tells us we're, out of touch and we don't know what's going on anymore and we're dinosaurs well but, that's, I mean, that's that's true already but we're still we're still doing it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we're we're going to continue to you know to work and it's guys like you jim ziggler you know guys that are in different parts gary with sparta who runs the wba and, you know we we all got to come together and, and kind of tackle some of these big issues umpire shortage that um i think is dire um, and not just in Wisconsin, I'm sure Minnesota too. I mean, yep. the average age of our umpires is 68 years old in southeastern mm -hmm. Wisconsin. It's insane. So how do we get some of these former players to throw on some gear for a few years um, yeah. and get those guys involved and, you know, trying to make sure that a lot of these guys have a place that don't have options right now. How do we continue to give kids in young adults a place to play baseball and continue to spread the game into our communities because, you know, we have communities the size of 400 and size of communities that are in the billion. So, I mean, we, we got to figure out how to reach everyone. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like you guys are doing a heck of a job over there with Land Lakes League and with what Jim's doing with the Rock River League too. Um, I think anybody, if, if you – if you just, just Google Land Lakes League and look at some of the stuff they've got going on with some of your regal organization, I mean, some of that kind of high-level stuff, 
So you looked at uh, kind of models of what a really well-organized league looks like in Wisconsin. Um, at least you guys definitely appear that way, Craig, on the Internet. And as you know, everything on the Internet is true. So I believe that is true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everything is good except yeah, everything's good except for the guy that surrounds it. <laughs> on the real note, it, it does. It's some really impressive stuff that you guys have put together down there from from the way you're running it to to kind of the philosophy behind it. It's really cool to hear. So thank you. Yeah. Well, we'll be in touch. Uh, you know, everybody keep thinking about this idea of a Wisconsin. I'm just going to call it a Wisconsin super series. That's, yeah. that's what I'm going with. Rings the best in my mind. It took us forever to come up with the name River Falls fighting fish. And then we realized the first thing we said was fighting fish and we should just go with that. So, um, sometimes you're just go with your gut. That's right. But yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, no, I, thanks, Craig. I appreciate no, the you. conversation tonight. Just lots of good stuff. And um, no. we'll get this thing up and tag the Land Lakes League and, and keep the conversation going across the state. No, I appreciate it. And thank you for what you're doing. I, I said it at the beginning. I said it in the middle. I'll say it again at the end. You're breaking down barriers, um, not only in the state of Wisconsin, but Minnesota. I'm sure guys in Minnesota have no idea that, the kind of baseball and the kind of, um, you know, things that we're doing is similar to what they're doing out there. So, I mean, barriers are being broken, bridges are being built, and that's what we need in order to grow this game. It's a great game. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, a, it's one of those things right now in this country and stuff we need more bridges and less walls. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well said. All right, well, thanks, Craig. Have a good rest of your night. And, uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of the Small Town Commute. If you liked what you heard, do us a favor and share the podcast with fellow ball players. You can send them to our website at baseballcommute.com. I'm always looking for guests and great conversations, so if you've got a suggestion or you just want to call and talk baseball, shoot us a line at baseballcommute at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and thanks for what you do for amateur baseball, wherever that might be.